Hello, friends. Welcome to I Am Who I Am podcast. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 today. Hope you all had a good holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and all of that stuff. Um, I'm just getting back. It's uh, Monday night and uh, left out last night and and uh, I actually didn't expect to be making any uh, podcast today. <laughs> I was tired all day. Gosh, I slept all day long. So it's about a Oh, uh, 11.15 at night here, so I'll try and get this done and get it out for you guys tomorrow. So, um, But we're just going to jump right on in here and, and see what Paul's got to say in chapter 6. And so, hope you all are doing well and, and everything is going good. If any of you has a dispute with, uh, with another, dare take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the saints? <laughs> this is... Uh, these uh these guys had lawsuits amongst the Corinthians had lawsuits and they were going to law on each other they were taking each other to court and with lawyers and stuff and Paul's like are you are you kidding me <laughs> let's read that again if any of you has a dispute with another dare he take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the saints so he said man can't you guys you know can't you guys judge these things yourselves you got to take it to the ungodly for judgment Man, it's that's sorrowful. And two saints to have a lawsuit amongst each other. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? So, it's the, Paul's revealing a little bit of eternity here to us. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Man. We should be able to ju- make righteous judgments between each other in matters between brothers. It should be that way, but unfortunately, it's not most of the time. Still, brothers goes to law against another brother. It's sorrowful. Amen. Even today, these things still happen. Look at all the divorce amongst church members. It's amazing and sorrowful. Do you not know that you will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? Man, we're going to judge angels someday. I don't understand that, how that works. I don't understand how God's going to have us do those things, but it's very clear we're going to do that. Paul had great revelation of these things. And so, do you not know that you will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? Man, we should be confident with the common sense that God's given us, with the Holy Spirit that lives within us, to make competent judgments between each other in trivial matters of life. We should be. If we can judge angels and we're going to judge the world, how, whatever, whatever all that means, then we should be able to, to make righteous judgments between each other. Amen. Uh, verse 4, Therefore, if you have disputes about such matters, appoint as judge even men of little account in the church. I say this to shame you. Is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers, but instead one brother goes to law against another, and this in front of the unbelievers? Man, Paul... <coughs> Paul has a lot of wisdom for the Corinthians. Paul has so much to say to these guys, and he's he's pretty intense about it, pretty hard about it. He's trying to use these kind of words to wake these people up. Let's read it again. Therefore, if you have disputes about such matters, appoint as judge among you, even men of little account in the church. Paul does sarcasm well. And he's saying, you know, hey, even appoint, you you know, even if there's idiots amongst you, appoint an idiot to make judgment, you know, a person of little, a little account or an idiot, you know, basically uh, a guy without any sense. He, you, you even appoint somebody like that in the church. (laughs) 
<laughs> then he says, I say this to shame you. He says, hey, come on, man, wake up. Come on, kids, don't be, don't be goofy here, is what he's saying. To put it in ordinary English speak, don't be a goofball, man. Come on, man. Don't make me shame you like this. <laughs> is it possible there's no one, no one, nobody among you wise enough to judge disputes between believers? And again, again, these things should not be. It, but instead, one lo- brother goes to law against another and in front of unbelievers. Man, what a terrible Christian witness. You know, oh, those are the Christians over there. Man, us pagans get along together better than them Christians do. Like the last time I taught, you know, and my friend Jack shared this with me, 2,000 denominations in, in America, 2,000 different Christian denominations. That's, that's shameful that we have so many denominations, so many divisions. With, with one word, we have the word of God here and we have 2,000 divisions amongst us with one Bible. I mean, come on, kids, can't we get this right? And let's continue on. Verse 7. The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means that you have been completely defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong, and you do this to your brothers. Man, humility, I've said it and said it and said it again. Humility is everything. Humble yourself. It's better It's better not to go, it's better to be wronged, like he says here. Um, uh, let's see. Why not? Uh, why not rather be wrong? Why not rather be cheated? It's better in Christ to be wrong or cheated by another brother than to go to lawsuit against that brother in front of unbelievers and and offer uh, um, have a black eye uh, to create a black eye in Christ, but before unbelievers to not have a good witness. We, it's better off to keep it quiet among brothers and to be wrong or cheated than to go publicly to the law in front of unbelievers as, as a lousy, terrible Christian witness is what he's saying here. And again, he says, the very fact you have lawsuits among you means you have been completely defeated already. Man, they were suing each other, brother against brother. Man, Christian fam- one Christian family member against another. It's so crazy. But again... How often does this happen in the world today? Probably way, way too much. Amen. Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong. You do this to your brothers. Man, listen what he says. Now now comes the pain. Verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Paul is trying to wake these people up. He's like, man, don't be in wickedness. The wicked will not inherit the kingdom. And he's and he gives this list, and I think he gives the list because, watch, he gives the long list. I don't need to read it again. You, you heard me read the list. Um, um, and he goes, uh, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Again, I'm just, just the end of the list. And that is what some of you were. Again, so Paul's saying, look, you know, some of you were swindlers. Some of you were male prostitutes. Some of you were greedy or drunkards. He said, so why are you now, yet you're in Christ and you were like this at one time. Why are you now taking your brother to court? Why are you now doing what's unrighteous in, front of, in, in the sight of God? 
And uh, and then then he says, you know, then he, he says, some, that's what some of you were. But then he says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So he's saying, look, you've been changed. You've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been justified in the name of Christ by the Spirit of God. Man, he's saying to him, he's like, don't do these things. You used to be this way. Now let all this go. And remember who you are, that you're washed, sanctified, justified in the name of Christ. You're a different person than you used to be. Have a higher standard. You're, we're supposed to, in Christ, walk by a better standard, a standard of humility, a standard of grace, a standard of mercy, a standard of forbearance and forgiveness. We're supposed to walk in these ways, letting you know, forgiving our brother. If he cheats us or wrongs us, we just forgive him. We pray for him. We don't take him to court. You know, we're not like the rest of the world. We're going to someday judge angels and judge the world. Man, we're competent in Christ to do the right thing because of the Holy Spirit, because we've been washed and sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus. We shouldn't have these kind of, all this darkness amongst us is what he's trying to say here. Wow, man. These are, this is why I want to do Corinthians because these, this is so practical. 2,000 years later, this is just as practical today as it was all those years ago. You know, like one, one, one church, one church suing another church or a church split where half the church is going to the left and half to the right and they're all hating on each other. Man, these things should not be in Christ. We're of a different standard. We're of a different spirit than the rest of the world. Man, let's continue on. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for, for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So Paul was saying in grace, in Christ, by grace, everything was permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is per permissible, but he wouldn't be mastered by anything. Paul had total freedom in Christ, but if you go over to Romans 14, he gives the list of, he talks about the freedom we have in Christ, but not using that freedom to become a stumbling block to our weaker brother. Man, we don't take the freedom we have in Christ and use it for a wrong purpose. Amen. And so, so Paul was saying he was totally free, but not free to sin against his, his brother, not free to be mass, not free to do what he ever, ever, ever wanted to do because he was mastered by it. Amen. Uh, verse 13, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Amen. Again, again, this, this world is passing away. Our stomach, our food, our sexuality is all passing away. Again, uh, he talks about the food and the stomach, stomach for the food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual morality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. This is the temple. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there is so much sexual morality all around the world, in, in this country and all around the world. But our body is met now in Christ. Our body is met for the Lord and the Lord for our body. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We're supposed to have a higher standard with our body other than sexual immorality. Amen. Um, <clears throat> continue on. Verse 14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Amen. Christ's resurrection was our resurrection. I've been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. His resurrection someday will be our resurrection. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Man, we are members of Christ. 
We are one body, as I'm always using the Indonesian, Satu Dalam Christo. We are one in Christ. We are one body in Christ, made up of many different members, but all one together. Do you not know that your body, that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and be united with them to a prostitute? Never. Do you not know you, he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with Christ is one. He who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Man, the mystery of all of this stuff. We are one with the Lord. We are one with Jesus Christ himself. One body by the spirit. And he equates that to uh, the sexual act between a man and a woman. He's, he's going sideways on the whole prostitute thing, trying to shock these people, wake them up. But when we come together, male and female come together, we become one body. And he's using that as an example of what we are in Christ with Jesus himself and each other. We're one body together. We're married. We're joined together in Christ. And we're one with him by the Spirit, in the Spirit. Man, we're one with Jesus in the Spirit. It's a mystery. We don't fully grasp these things now. We won't for e- until eternity. But we again, again, this is the same thing as before. We have the higher standard. We're washed, justified, sanctified. We're set apart with Christ. We're one with Christ. We're supposed to live a different life in Christ. Amen. Uh, let's continue on here. Verse uh, 18. This is a very famous verse. Here it goes. Flee from sexual morality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Man, <clears throat> flee sexual morality, man. And the sexual stuff is the all the porn and all the garbage that's going on today. There's so much sexual addiction out there and stuff. And man, when you're sinning that way, you're sinning against yourself. You're not sinning outside of yourself. You're sinning against yourself. You know, Paul, Paul says, flee sexual morality, man. Run, man. You see sexual morality come and flee. That means run. Go the other way. Turn around. Don't get caught up in this garbage. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Man, we really are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We really are mystically joined to Christ together. And we don't want to be sinning against our own bodies, sinning against the temple of the Holy Spirit, That's which is what our body is. Amen. Do, do, you, do you not know your body? Again, here's just what I just said. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Man, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we, do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? I don't understand that. The Holy Spirit, a perfect Holy Spirit lives inside my unholy body. I've wondered about this since I've been in Christ. How does a Holy Spirit live inside an unholy vessel? A vessel still struggling with sin, a vessel still struggling with weakness. It's a mystery how a perfect Holy Spirit can live inside such imperfect vessels. And yet, somehow it is possible through God. And uh, that's why, again... We are supposed to honor. It says, I said, do you not know that your body is temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? So God gave us the Holy Spirit. Again, part of himself. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. See, the price, price paid for us is the blood of Jesus. We aren't our own. We belong to God. 
He has set his seal on us through the Holy Spirit because the blood of Jesus bought us. We were bought. That's the price. Jesus Christ crucified was the price paid for us. The Son of God, the innocent Son of God, becoming sin so we might be made the righteousness of God. You are not your own. You are bought with the price. Therefore, honor God to us. Man, this is something worth continually always praying about, that we honor God. We honor God with our bodies every day. And none of us is getting this right. We're all falling short in this. But we every day strive to honor God completely with our bodies. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit, part of God, lives inside of us because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Great chapter. A lot of, boy, Paul covered a lot of ground in one chapter. And so we are, we are blessed. We're blessed. And so, <coughs> anyway, love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. I appreciate you. Uh, tomorrow we are in, uh, I think, Isaiah. Give me a second here. I'll tell you where we're at. Yeah, tomorrow we're in Isaiah. So let me rock this down here. Yes, indeed. Okay. So tomorrow we do Isaiah. Then we're back to First Thessalonians. So anyway, I hope you get uh, a happy new year. Welcome to 2022. It's the 3rd of January. And appreciate you. Love you. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a blessed day. And be praying for my wife. Her stomach wasn't doing too good today. Appreciate that. Love you, love you.